You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. Good morning. Good morning. morning. My name's Tony. For those of you who don't know me, I'm one of the leaders here, part of the eldership team. Um, Not here as often as we have been in the past. Just some people go, where are you? you really been you've been on holiday for the last six weeks or whatever the answer is no we're actually just in case you're wondering um leslie and i are just working a bit closer with lempster church at the moment so we're just supporting jason and, and paula um at this time so sort of two out of three weeks sundays we're, we're there so we're you know we're doing stuff there so we're not you know we haven't disappeared we are still here and we're still part of you and this is our church and we love you and it's great to be here so hi hi great okay You've got a friend in me. What's that all about? Well, let's just, just do a little quiz. We can start with a little quiz. So if we can put, put the uh, slide up on the PowerPoint. So who were the famous companions or friends of these people? So Paul. So Paul in the Bible. Okay. Just in case you're wondering, Saul as in Paul. Okay. All right. So, so who, who, who was his, perhaps his closest companion, friend that he walked with? Silas, Timothy, Paul McCartney and John Lett. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I did say Paul as in the Bible, not the music Bible. <laughs> I haven't got there yet. Hold on. All right. So, uh, okay. So let's put that one up. So Paul, yeah, Barnabas, Timothy, Silas, there were others, but those are probably the three he walked most closely with. Okay. In terms of uh, friendship. What about Moses? Aaron. Yeah. Or Aaron, Aaron, okay. King David, Jonathan, yeah, absolutely. What about Goose? Gander. <laughs> Somebody was going to say that. Come on. Who was it? Maverick, yeah, come on. Top Gun, yeah, all right. Um, they said I'm showing my age there, but there is a new one out, so there we go. Anyway, uh, Frodo. Sam. Sam, or to get his full name, Samwise Gamgee from The Hobbit. Uh, next one, Sherlock. Dr. Watson, yeah. George Washington. Musical. <laughs> I think he was a bit before her time. Alexander Hamilton. Oh, it was one of his closest friends. They worked together a lot. I mean, that's, they, they, they wrote the Constitution of the United States. So, yeah, anyway, there we go. Barbie! Yeah, I thought I'd get that one in, you know. Yeah, there we go, you see? Something for everybody. So these were people who walked together. Friendship, companionship. So who would you consider to be your closest friend? Who is the person that you'd say over the years, or right now, is the person that walks closest with you? Who is that person that sees, you know, no matter what, the highs and the lows, the good, the bad, the ugly? (laughs) Who is that person that you think, yeah, they're with me through this thick and thin. Whatever the situation, I know they've got my back. I know I can walk with them. They'll be with me, whatever. And who's that for you? It could be uh, a friend from uni, a friend from school. Could be uh, you know, a close friend that you're with. It could be somebody who you've known for years or somebody who's just come into your life. 
Okay, could be your husband, could be your wife. Okay, there's a person, um, just from my own, my own story, uh, there's a, a, a young man, maybe they're even looking online, I know sometimes they look at and listen to uh, what we share, um, Malcolm Healy, Malcolm and Heather, who were part of this fellowship for many, many years. And um, when we first came here, uh, many moons ago, Malcolm uh, and Heather really befriended us. And uh, Malcolm in particular walked very closely with me at times. And um, he was a friend I could trust. He was somebody I could go to when things were hard. And I did. I knew he was depending. I could depend on him as a friend. So there's an example for me. Um, And I know that whenever I go, you know, whenever we meet, it's like the friendship's never stopped, yeah? You know, you get those friends, don't you? That no matter what, no matter how many years it could be that you, you, before you see them again, you just pick up on the same conversations if you hadn't stopped. You've been in the room the whole time. And that's what friendship is all about. So what about Jesus? See, on, 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 when he was on earth, when he was walking on earth, he had many followers. But he also had close friends and companions. Men and women who walked closely with him throughout his life and his ministry. But who was his closest friend? Who would we say was his closest friend? John. Some, I heard someone say John. John was the one that they said in the Bible was the one whom Jesus loved. And maybe he was the closest friend. He was the one that was at, the only one of the 12 that was at the foot of the cross. Yeah? He was, he was there at the transfiguration. One of three. Was it John? It could have been John. Maybe John was Jesus' closest friend. Was there anyone else that could have been seen as Peter? The man, the man who Jesus said upon this rock, this revelation that Peter had of who Jesus was, I will build my church. Was he his closest friend and companion? So there are different people. What about Mary, Martha? What about Lazarus? He cried when he found out that he died. He wept. So there are people in the Bible that walked closely with Jesus. They were his close companions, could be considered to be friends. But I want to say this morning that I don't think any of those were his closest friend. There is one person I believe had the most, had the closest, most effective relationship and friendship with Jesus above all other. The Holy Spirit. I believe he was Jesus' closest friend. He was Jesus' closest companion. He was the one that walked the closest with Jesus throughout his life, throughout his ministry. He knew Jesus before Jesus was born as a man. He was there at his conception. He was there throughout his ministry. He was there when he went on the cross. And he was there at the resurrection. Boy, that's a friend. Through all of those things, the Holy Spirit was with Jesus. But why is that important for us? Why why does it, in a sense, why does that matter It matters hugely. Because if the Holy Spirit 
was the one person that Jesus walked with so closely throughout his life, then what does that say to us? Surely, therefore, we must do the same. We must walk so closely that the Holy Spirit is our closest companion, our closest friend. You see, it's easy to get into a mindset of thinking that when Jesus did miracles, when Jesus walked on the water, when Jesus healed people, when Jesus um, cast out demons, when he knew the hearts of men, when he taught with wisdom, when he brought understanding of the kingdom of God to people's lives, when he raised people from the dead, when he walked on water, if he did any of those because he was God, because he was divine, because he was somehow different to you and I, then we could never do the same. Never do the same. Leslie said about hero. Yeah, Jesus was a hero. But he wasn't, and get me, hear me right on this, he wasn't a superhero. What do I mean by that? Well, how many of you watched Marvel, Marvel films? Yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, come on, guys. I love Marvel. I watched all of them. All of the Marvel films, okay. And, and, and there's some, there are some cracking guys in there, some cracking girls in there. You know, they're superheroes. And, and they all look a bit human, but they all have some sort of divine power. You know, think of Thor, okay? And a Thor, he, he looks human, but he's got a divine power. He is a god, as it were. But he uses his divine power. He uses his divinity to save the world. Yeah? So in a way, that's great. But I can't do what Thor can do because I'm not a Thor. I don't have divine power. Jesus performed every single miracle, not because he was divine, even though he was divine, but because he was walking with the Holy Spirit. And that's so important for us to grasp every time we look at and read about something that he did, is to realize this was a man. How do we know that? Let's look at some scripture that backs this up. So Jesus said this. Oh, by the way, you might recognize those two girls. No? That's one of our granddaughters, and that's, that's Elena on the left, and that's Camilla on the right. Anyway, Friendship. How long will that friendship last? We don't know. Praise God, it'll be for their lives. Jesus said this, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. So he knows, he said, we will do what he can do, what he did do. We will do more than he would and did do. Wow. How can that be possible? You see, Jesus was fully God and fully divine, but he was also fully human. 
He chose to lay aside his divinity. He chose to lay aside his, his position in the Trinity, as it were. You see, he didn't go, I'm going to pray for this guy. Oh, it hasn't worked in the natural. Okay, I'll now become God again and now heal him. God did, he didn't choose when to be divine and when not to be divine. He didn't choose when to be God and when not to be God. Does that make sense? Yeah? Yes, he's fully God, but this is where it's difficult in our heads. But he was fully man. And when he was on the earth, he was fully man. He wasn't, you know, God pretending to be man. And so that's why he said we could do the same things. Now, Paul says this in, the, in, in, in his uh, letter to the Philippian church. He said this, though he was God. So this is, this, is, this is our proof. This is our truth that we're saying about the truth that sets us free. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Well, he was equal. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they, were equal, they are equal in the Godhead. But he chose to say, no, I'm not going to be that. I'm going to completely come away from that. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He chose to submit himself completely to God. Because he then says this. There's another scripture he says. I tell you the truth. The son of can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. Now, if you look at that, that's an incredible thing to say. He's saying, I can do nothing on my own. Why? He's human. Yeah? He's human. Therefore, he can do nothing apart from God. I can't do anything apart from God. He is totally reliant on his father. His whole life, throughout his ministry, every step he takes, every decision he makes, like us, is dependent on his relationship with the father. And that is why, for the whole of his ministry, for the whole of his life, every step he took, every decision he made, he needed the friendship and the companionship of the Holy Spirit to guide him, equip him, and empower him. Only by living like this could Jesus be the perfect man and the perfect example of how to live as a man, as a human, so that we could do the same. Paul in, the, uh, in Acts, he says this. You know what happened throughout Judea beginning in Galilee. After John began preaching his message of baptism, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. 
Jesus had to live a perfect, sinless life as a man. With not an ounce of divinity in him. He needed the Holy Spirit at his birth, throughout his life, at his death, and in his resurrection. So I just want to look at a few scriptures that just show us the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. Because I think if you can see that, it begins to see how the work of the Holy Spirit works in you and in me. Okay? There are loads of examples. I've just picked out a few. Firstly, the Holy Spirit and his relationship with Jesus was prophesied in the Old Testament. Pretty much everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus in the New Testament. So when you read it, read it with that. What is this saying to me about Jesus? What is this saying to me about what God is doing? It says this in Isaiah. It's um, a prophecy that Isaiah had. And it says this, Out of the stump of David's family, King David, will grow a shoot, yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. And the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Well, Jesus had all of those. He responded to challenging questions with wisdom, didn't we? We read about that. He understood the hearts and the needs of men. There are stories about that. He gave wise counsel. His teaching was authoritative right from the beginning. He had all knowledge and insight. He taught people the fear of the Lord. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit, which was prophesied, would be with him. The Holy Spirit was involved in his birth, as we know. The Immaculate Conception. Thing we celebrate in a way at Christmas, his birth. In Luke 1, 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, talking to Mary, and the power of the Most High will shadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. So the Holy Spirit was involved in the conception of Jesus. It's one of those really weird things. How do you get that one? I don't know. I don't understand it. Can't understand it here, but I get it here. Jesus was anointed by the Spirit when he was baptized. Okay, it says in Matthew 3:16, after his baptism, as Jesus came out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. Not so long ago, we had some baptisms here, yeah? Who was here for those? Yeah? And you know, we pray. And then and often, you know, they're in the water, they're praying. Yeah, what are they doing? Well, do you know, one of the things we want to pray for is for the, the Holy Spirit to come in power on the life of the person being baptized, like it did for Jesus. No different. No different. Jesus had it. We have it. Okay, next one. He needed the Spirit to fulfill his calling on earth. Luke, sorry, I missed one. Um, just a couple. The Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, okay, to be tempted by the devil. He led him to be tempted. Whoa, that's a bit of a weird one. 
What's going on there? It says here in Matthew 4.1, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. It wasn't Jesus' decision to do that. The Spirit led him. Okay? He was being led by the Spirit in his life. He needed the Spirit to minister with power. Luke 4. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. And in Luke 5. And the power of the Lord, that's the same thing, an outside influence as it were, the power of the Lord, was with Jesus to heal the sick. Again, all of these show that unless Jesus was walking with the Holy Spirit, unless Jesus was open to receive the Holy Spirit every step of the way, then he wouldn't have moved in power. He wouldn't have healed the sick. He wouldn't have cast out demons. So he needed the Spirit when casting out demons to establish the kingdom. Sorry, again, I'm going going ahead of myself. He needed the Spirit... In Luke 4, the Spirit of the Lord, yeah, is upon me. He declared this. He knew. So this is from Isaiah, but he declared it again. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He knew that the Spirit was with him. He knew he had that relationship with the Holy Spirit. For he has anointed me. It wasn't because of his own ability. Are we getting this? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously, guys, because if we get this, we recognize that everything that Jesus did, he had to do in his pure, fullest humanity, which means we can do the same, provided we walk with the Spirit. Okay, a whole series has been about the Holy Spirit for a while. Why? Because we need to grasp who he is, what he does, and why he wants to walk with us. And that's because he wants us to do the same things that Jesus did. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. Come on, don't we want that? Blind will see, the oppressed will be set free, the time of the Lord's favour has come. Like I said as well, Matthew 12, he cast out demons by the Spirit of God. He even needed the Spirit to teach and instruct. So those of you that teach, those of us that preach, those of us that share in our groups, in our home groups, okay, those that lead our home groups, those that share in our home groups, those that teach, Alpha, you need the Holy Spirit. Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to do the teach, to instruct. It says this in Acts 1. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. Like I said, he needed the Spirit to enable him to die on the cross. Hebrews 9. For by the power of of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. He needed the power of the spirit to enable him to do what he did on the cross. He didn't do it by divine power going, doesn't matter, I'm a God. It's not a problem to me. No, 
He was fully human. He felt it. He, it hurt. It was hard. It was difficult. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's how he felt. How many times have we felt like that, going through hard stuff? Where are you? Look at David. Read the Psalms. How many times do you say, where are you, God? Why have you forsaken me? He felt that. Why? Because he was fully man. He felt all the emotion. But the spirit allowed, helped him to do what he did. He, re- he needed the spirit to raise uh, him from the dead. He didn't raise himself from the dead. It says here, Romans 8, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Whoa, come on. You see, Jesus didn't divinely decide, right, okay, I've had enough now. Come on, back to life. And you see it in these, you see it in these Marvel films, don't you? You know, four or whatever, or they're, on, they're dead. Any minute now, they're going to wake up. Any minute now. Come on, come on. And they go, <gasps> It's like their power has returned. They're now divine again. Jesus didn't do that. It was by the Spirit of God that he came back to life. Jesus was a man, fully human, with a mission from the Father, and he accomplished that mission with the help of his closest companion and friend, the Holy Spirit. We need to know that. Because we, you and me, are too fully human on a mission which can only be accomplished by walking with our closest friend and companion, the Holy Spirit. That is why Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. And he says, I will provide you another friend so that you will always have someone with you. This friend is the spirit of truth. He has been staying with you and will even be in you. Jesus was saying, my friend is your friend. Okay, this is saying, my house is your house. My house is your He was saying, my friend is your friend. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was the person that knew Jesus best. Why? Because he'd walked with him from the beginning all the way through to the end. He'd been with him through every trial, every tribulation, everything he had to do. The Holy Spirit was the closest person that Jesus knew to help us. That is why he sent him. You see, well, what he was saying was this. and In a sense, I'm putting words in Jesus' mouth, but hear me right. I believe this is the heart of what Jesus was saying. When I go, I'm going to send you the person that knows me best. The person who has walked with me for my whole life. 
The person who has been with me through the good times and the hard times, the triumphs and the challenges, the highs and the lows, I am sending you my best friend and my companion. That's what he was saying. I am sending you the person I trust most to help you in your life and your mission. And so I know you can trust him completely. Because I trusted him, Jesus, completely. And he came through for me. This is the person who knows me so well that as you walk with him, you will get to know how I lived. How I moved in power. How I healed the sick. How I taught with wisdom. How I overcame temptation. How I lived a sinless life. And how I knew the Father's will for my life. Then with my friend's help, you will become more like me. And do the things I did. You see, walking with Jesus' closest friend will sustain and strengthen us through trials and difficulties because he did it for Jesus. Walking with Jesus' closest friend will help to reveal to us the love of the Father and help us see his will for our lives because he did it for Jesus. Walking with Jesus' closest friend will help us live lives that are full of love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Why? Because he did it for Jesus. Walking with Jesus' closest friend will help us to heal the sick, perform miracles, and preach the good news. Why? Because he did it for Jesus. The way in which Jesus passes on His legacy, everything he did, is through the Holy Spirit, his closest friend. He sent the Holy Spirit to you and to me, to the church, to live in our hearts, to walk with us as closely as he walked with Jesus, so that we can continue the mission that Jesus started here on earth. You see, Jesus made the best succession plan in history. And you're it. Who? You are it. The church is it. But in that succession plan, the Holy Spirit is central to everything. And so... Really, that's the challenge for this morning that I want to give you. Are you going to walk as closely with the Holy Spirit as Jesus did? Because if we want to see this world changed, our lives changed, this church changed, to be more like Jesus, then we have to know the one person that knew him best. That was the Holy Spirit. And that is why, as I said, we've had this whole series on the Holy Spirit. He is not some third person of the Trinity that we can just push to one side and bring out occasionally we want to do a healing meeting. 
Got to walk with him, know him. Yeah? Speak with him. Listen to him. Hear him. Because by doing that, then we will do the things that Jesus did and more. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's, can, can, I, can I ask you just to stand in response? Let's, let's, I just want to pray for us. You know, we can just walk away and go, yeah, it was great. Thanks very much. Fantastic. But I don't know about you. I want to know the spirit more. I want to know this person that walked with Jesus. Walked with Jesus in every situation. And then say, now show me, please. Show me. Walk with me. And that's what I just want us to invite the Holy Spirit to do right now. If that's what you want, if you, it's your choice. You, you can choose where you walk, how you walk, who you walk with. You can choose your companions and your friends. And you can spend the rest of your life and not even talk to the Holy Spirit, not walk with the Holy Spirit. And that is entirely your choice. He'll never force himself upon you. But boy, the things you will do if you do walk with him. If that's you, I just want to put, just put your hands out. And, and it's not, I think, spiritual in one sense. It's just saying, Lord, I want to receive. It's just, it's just a, a place of receiving. It's saying, yeah, come on. Give me what you've got, Lord. And Father, I just want to pray. Thank you so much for your heart towards us. That you'll never leave us nor forsake us. I thank you, Jesus, that you were just an amazing man that you walked with the Holy Spirit so closely. I thank you even more that you sent that friend to us. And Lord, we want to walk closer than we've ever walked before with you, Holy Spirit. So we just say, come, touch us afresh. Speak to us where we're at right now. Show us how we can walk closer with you. Help us to read your word. Help us to pray. Lord, help us to do whatever it takes to know you better. Holy Spirit, we want to walk in step with you. Holy Spirit, give us greater revelation of Jesus and how he lived so we can do the same. That we can follow the greatest role model of humanity in history. We want to be the same. We want to do the same. But Lord, we recognize we have no divine powers. We have no divine authority of our own. Only what you give us through the Holy Spirit. So Father, as we leave here, as we go from here and do our what we do in this week and these days ahead, Lord, I pray we will just know what it means to walk a little closer with you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And if you are here this morning and you're thinking, what is this guy talking about? and you've got no relationship at all with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, anything like that, and you think, okay, I'd like to know more. I'd like to perhaps 
what does that mean for me? And I'd love to talk with you. I'd love to share uh, what that means and how you can do that. Please do come and speak to me, Leslie, Tim, Adriana, any one of our leadership. And we'll just explain what it means to be followers of Jesus. And then, therefore, walk with the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen.